0: Well, last January, that's a long time ago, we started talking about holiness. And uh, you'll see up on the wall, kind of our, our theme verse for that was, taken from Isaiah 35, and the highway will be there, it will be called the way of holiness. The unclean will not journey on it, it will be for those who walk in that way. And so, We talked about the call that God has for all of us, every one of us, to live a holy life. And the word holy means set apart. It's really, in its basic form, that's what it means. So God is calling us to live a life set apart from the culture in which we live. Not that there aren't good things going on in the culture, but the general value system and waves of the culture are do not include Jesus Christ as a central focus. And so it, is a, it, it becomes a culture in which we are called to live separately and set apart in. And so we talked about what that looked like. We talked about the struggle. I don't know if you remember that, but we went to Romans 7 where Paul says, you know, I have, I have this crazy thing going on in my life that he said the things that I want to do Sometimes I find myself, I don't do those things. And the things I don't want to do, I I find myself doing those things. Can you relate to that? We can all relate to that because we all struggle with that. And so in this call to holiness, we have this this battle. We have this wrestling that takes place. And Paul gets to the end of that passage in chapter 7. And he goes, wretched, you know, I'm I'm not doing what I want to do and I do what I don't want to do. Wretched man, who will free me from this situation I'm in? And he says, praise be to God, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ. And by the way, that's where it has to start. You have to remember that truth. If you're going to live a life of holiness, you have to remember that on the days when you fail and the situations you fail, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ. I mentioned earlier, binding certain promises to your brain, that is one of them. You should have that on your mind, on your brain, it should be there. There is therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ. If you are in Christ, there is no condemnation in your life. God may discipline you. God may do things to get your attention, but he will not condemn you, even in light of the failures in our lives to live and walk this highway of holiness. And so that has got to be a foundational thing. You have got to maintain the grace of God in your life. The same grace that saved you has to be the same grace that you walk out and live out your Christian life and grow and mature in. Because if you don't, if you lose sight of that grace, you will get discouraged, you will feel guilty, and you'll find yourself powerless to live out the life that, that you want to live. And so we, we talked about that struggle. We also talked about the struggle of idolatry in our world in which we live, and that we all struggle with with making idols out of things. And you can make an idol out of anything. We talked about money and success and work and, and and sex and power and and all of and romance and all of the things that can become foremost in our life that we try and get filled up with. And the problem with idols is they never work. And so I I sought to drive home this point that we we don't we don't just remove idols, we have to replace them. And there's only one thing that can replace them, and that thing is the abiding presence of Christ. The abiding presence of Christ. And if you are not living in and experiencing the abiding presence of Christ, you will not be able to walk that highway. It just won't happen. You will not have the power to do it. And the reason I am ended with this and the reason why I've set aside some time this morning for us to share uh, what God has been teaching us about abiding is I just think it is so incredibly important and critical. If you don't understand that, if you're not experiencing the abiding presence of Christ, you will hear this series and, and you will basically, all that it will do is make you feel more guilty that you're not walking this highway that that you should be walking because it'll tell you what you need to do but it won't give you the power to do it. The power to do it comes through this abiding relationship of Christ, this abiding presence. And so this morning uh, I'm going to take an op- we're going to take an opportunity and actually I'm going to I'm going to come down front here and I wanted to read just one, <clears> there's <throat> one passage that I'm going to read here as I introduce this, but I'm just going to come down front here, and I'm going to invite some of you to come up. Some people have said to me, you're pretty brave to try this, and uh, no, I think you're the ones that need to be brave <clears throat> to, uh, if God has taught you something, I'm going to invite you to, to come up and to admonish uh, us and share what that is. And here's a verse from, from 1 John, and John says this. He's talking about Christians now. He says, As for you, the anointing you receive from him remains in you, and you do not need anyone to teach you. But as his anointing teaches you about all things, and as that anointing is real, not counterfeit, just as, as it has taught you, remain in him. That's what he's saying there, is, as a believer you have this anointing upon your life and the Holy Spirit is teaching you. Now, He may teach you something through something I say or through something somebody else says or, or when you're taking time just to read the Bible, but you have a living, you have the Spirit of God in you that's wanting to teach you, and He's wanting to teach you about what it means to abide in Christ. And so, I'm this, we're going to open it up and I'm going to invite... Anyone that would like to, uh, to come up here, and you can just come right up. Maybe we'll just do it right here. <clears throat> and if, if God has been teaching you something over these weeks, I'm going to invite you to share that. We're going <clears> to, <throat> we don't have time for a three-point message, okay? So like three minutes around, around that. But I'm going to invite, is there, uh, let me just, is there anyone here? that has something that you really feel God has been teaching you that you might share with us this morning. And I'll stand here right by you. Okay, Bob, come on up. Bob's going to be the first one. And if you have something and you'd like to just make your way up and take a chair up front here so we don't spend too long uh, I'll invite you to do that. <coughs> there you go, sir. Thanks. Yeah.
1: I, w- I was thinking of bringing up a big long roll of paper and just dropping it on the floor. And <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's when you feel my hand on your yeah. shoulder. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, there, there were several, uh, a couple things in particular, what it means to abide in Christ. Uh, you know, Jesus, as you've told us, compares our relationship with him to branches to a vine. And we, of course, are the branches. And two things strike me as I've thought about this. First of all is that the branches produce fruit according to the vine they're attached to. So you get blueberries from blueberries and grapes from grapes and so forth. So if we are branches in Jesus, what does that mean for us? If I'm abiding in Christ, I will be producing the fruit of the Holy Spirit that is living a life that shows the likeness of Jesus uh, to other people. Galatians 5:22 to 25 uh, talks about the fruits of the spirit of love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and temperance. These things show the character of God to a, a lost world. Uh, the th- second thing is that the branches are fed from, from sap, the, the nourishment that flows from the ground uh, into the vine and then into the branches. And uh, Jesus... His roots were holy ground. He came from heaven, and as he lived his life here on earth, he was in constant communion with God the Father. The Holy Spirit in us is like sap to the vine. His branches, we must receive the sap so that we can live in Christ. The Holy Spirit flowed through Jesus as Jesus continually submitted to the will of the Father. So therefore, I must also submit to the will of the Father as the Holy Spirit prompts me. Submission To me, obedience is the key to allowing the Holy Spirit to flow in our lives and abide in Christ. To not submit is to cut off the flow of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And as the branches die, if they do not receive the sap, so I die if I do not receive the Holy Spirit and if I do not allow him to work in me. Uh, 1 John 3.24 says that he that keeps his commandments dwells in Christ And Christ dwelleth in him. And hereby we know that he abideth in us by the Spirit which he has given us. The greatest example of a Christian is obedience uh, that we have to the Holy Spirit. And a large part of this is love that we show to each other. Mm -hmm. So to me, abiding in Christ is walking in obedience to him as much as I can. Mm -hmm. I still fall down, and I cut off the flow of sap, but then I repent, and it flows again. And I think the greatest thing is the love that we show to each other, and I appreciate our church so much that we do show, I think, a lot of love here, and I really appreciate our church for that.
0: Thank you, you, Bob. Kevin?
2: Well, I think of what Jesus has taught me and what I've learned, and, and it really has been a journey over many, many years because I'm Dutch and I've got a hard head and uh, I've always wanted to do things my own way. But I'll give you the short version. Um, you know, we got a lot of teenagers here, and as a teenager, I walked away from my faith, I really walked away from God, and I turned to alcohol and drugs and thought, I can do this on my own. I don't need God for all these, these things, um, I'm in charge. And, and I did exactly what I wanted to do. And uh, then many years later, God showed me what I had accomplished. And it was pretty ugly. Um, nothing good. Um, living apart from the vine, uh, I didn't accomplish anything of, of any, any good nature. Um, my life was a mess. Uh, my relationships were a mess with my parents, with my wife. Um, at the time, with uh, with everybody, people that I worked with, friends, um, and then I finally got on my knees one day and I said, "Lord, you know, as the Bible teaches us, apart from me, you will really accomplish nothing." And I got on my knees and I said, "Lord, I really want to accomplish something." Um, and and Jesus allowed me, as He does you, to come back to be part of that vine. And there was a lot of pruning that needed to be done, and then God began to work on that. But he showed me that, apart from him, I really can't accomplish anything. We think we can. But if it's anything of, of worthiness that we can share with our brothers and sisters, we need to be part of that vine. And, uh, and the, co- the pruning has continued. Um, God continues to, to work with me and, and discipline me. Um, but, you know, if I look back, My life is so much different today than what it was, and I just praise God that he could pull me out of all that. And and if there's anyone here today that's living in really a a dark place, God can bring you out of that. Um, You just need to humble yourself and, and ask him to help you and to lead and guide, and he will. Um, because the, the, the beauty is that he wants you to flourish. He wants you to prosper. He wants you to be joyful. He wants you to be successful. Um, as Jesus said, I have come you know, to set you free so that you can have the abundance of life. And that's what it's all about, is putting your faith in God and abiding in him. And it's not easy, but he gives us the best of, of himself when we abide in him. Thank you. Thank
0: you, Kevin. As Shantis is coming. Kevin mentioned the, uh, quoting there from John 15. There's a verse, <coughs> I'll have, uh, have you throw that up. Uh, I am the vine, and you are the branches. If a man remains in me, and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. <coughs> and that was one of our theme theme verses. Shantise? <coughs>
3: i glad to see Bob wrote something down. So, as he, sorry, Bob, when you were talking, I wrote down my notes. So, <laughs> as long as I knew I was allowed to have notes, I thought I would do better. Um, when we started this, Pastor Kim had told us to start praying Psalm 139: "Search me, O God, and know my heart; test me and know my thoughts." And I love that prayer, and I hate that prayer <laughs> because he really, you know, if you pray that prayer, God is so faithful to answer that, and sometimes that sucks because what he shows you is not very pretty. So for me, this journey of abiding has been very hard. The past couple years have been very hard. For me, um, I heard a teaching on Mark chapter 1. Jesus is in Galilee, and he's just healing everybody. And the next morning, he gets up, and he goes to spend time alone with God, and everybody's looking for him, and the disciples come to find him. And instead of going to heal everybody, he says, let's go. He says, we need to move on. I have. A, I, I, he talks about how he, he, the most important thing for him to do is preach the gospel. and I just started thinking about that, and I thought, what is that? All these people that are there that need him, that need healing, I'm one of those people. Like, I'm hurting so bad, and how could you just overlook that and just move on? And I didn't understand it, and I really prayed on that and really prayed for clarity. And what I came up with was, It's not that he doesn't care about my suffering. It's not that he doesn't. He's very compassionate, but the most important thing to him is the condition of my soul. That's what he means. He may not heal my suffering. He may not fix my marriage. He may not bring things the way I want them. But what he asks me is, will you still be here? Will you still trust me? Will you still abide in me? And what does that look like for me? I guess when it comes down to that for me, Abiding for me means trusting him even when I don't have relief from the unbearable pain. Johnny Erickson Tata, I wrote this down, Johnny Erickson Tata said that suffering is a textbook that will show you the stuff you are made of. It will strip you bare, leaving you raw and exposed. And it is. And for me, what I've learned through this journey as we've gone through this abiding is abiding doesn't mean that all my prayers get answered the way I want them to. My marriage isn't going to be saved. Life isn't gonna go the way I want it to. My friendships aren't gonna turn out the way I wish they would. But the suffering, in the suffering I have a choice. I have a choice to either trust in God and believe him at his word or to not. And I think that sometimes those no answers that I've received have done more work in me than anything else that I could even imagine. Because it's those no answers that have driven me to my knees in prayer. It's those no answers that have caused me to have compassion on people who are going through the same suffering as I'm going through. It's those no answers that force me to rely on his grace. So on the one end, I look at it like, why won't you just heal me? Why won't you just fix my marriage? Why won't you just take this pain? And in his wisdom, he says, no, because I want all of you, not just part of you. I want all of you. And so I think that's what he's doing. So he has squeezed me and squeezed me and squeezed me. And when I pray that prayer, search me and know my heart, all these things come out like bitterness and anger and judgmentalness and resentfulness and unforgiveness, all these things that have been a barrier for me abiding in Christ. And so as those things come out, I I draw into him, I get closer to him, and I learn that truly, truly abiding means even in my suffering just to be there with him and trust him and let him squeeze all these things out of me because what he wants is a deep, deep relationship with me, and he will remove everything that is a barrier to that.
0: Mm -hmm. Thank you, you, Shanties. Pruning work of our Father. (coughs) Anyone else? (coughs) Gary? Gary?
4: Hello, I'm Gary, a recovering alcoholic addict. i just like to say it all the time because it humbles me. Um, You know, in this life, we're going to have struggles, and I'm going through a struggle right now. But as Pastor said, and as I read, and as I believe, there's no condemnation in our Father. And that's one thing that's very uplifting. It's one thing that keeps me on that highway. Because occasionally I do fall off, and with the struggle right now, I fell off, but I got back on. That's the biggest thing I have to remind myself of, too, is that, you know, we are going to fall, you know. That's why there's forgiveness through Christ. So I get back up on that road again, and I trudge, and I walk. And as I learn to abide, because these are all new things, as I learn to abide, I can feel the strength coming inside of me just to pick myself up and keep on walking, because I know and I believe. I put my trust in him. Now, the hard part comes with obedience, and fully surrendering. So these are all things that I'm still working on. You know, I live, we all live in a fallen world. And it's so easy when I go through this struggle to give Satan and his servants that little path to come back in my mind and say, you're, you can't do this. You know, you're no good. You're going to fail. Don't even try. But I don't listen. There's times when it gets through but I still try not to listen. So I stand back up and I get into God's word. I talk to good Christian brothers and sisters because I can't do this alone. I need Bethany. I need the church. I need everybody in here, and I need my Father, and I really need Jesus Christ in my life. And these are all things that I try and keep in my mind. So thank you all for just being here, understanding, and I love you. Mm
0: you.
5: I have a struggle with my uh, family and that you know, I think you know, like even my wife, you know, I just I just can't get her to come to church, you know. And I have a struggle with that. It. She she believes in Jesus, she believes in the Holy Spirit and all that stuff, and, and she's gonna be saved, uh, and I have trouble with that. I I think I was pushing it a little, and that's why she's probably not here now. So I'm just letting her go her, her way, and and uh. It's tough, though. (laughs) Like, when I, you know, my son came here in in 2011, and and I'm thinking, wow, you know, know, and I I came to this church and met all you people that show so much love and caring, you know? And and I I thought, well, my wife would come here, and she she would see that, you know? And, uh, well, I still struggle with it, but I'm just letting it go, because Jesus says, they will come when they're ready. They will come to me, mm. and uh, I have two daughters that I I don't see at all. I call them. One of them is in Mississippi. I call her. She doesn't doesn't respond. And, you know, but I still try calling. But then I have another daughter. She lives right here in Wausau, and uh, she kind of just when she turned 21, she, when she, before she was 21, she's come to the bars and I. She, she, I would buy her a drink or so, you know, she'd stay for a couple of drinks, you know. And one time I even bought her, she had a party, and I bought a bunch of stuff for him, and, and I made, it, made him stay in this one place, you know. And That was years ago, and now I would never even think about something like that. But uh, she did, she's there in Wausau, and uh, she has, uh, uh, she don't uh, communicate with my ex-wife or me, uh, and I don't know what I did wrong. My son Casey sends her uh, cards and pictures of the kids and invites them to uh, birthday parties. And, and we think she'll come, but she doesn't. And I don't know. I just pray. I just pray every day. You know, I keep praying for things going to change. And I know they will because they have already in my life, especially in all my life. We're studying Bob and with Bible study with Bob and that. and He's helped me a lot. And I just want to thank everybody here. Just keep praying for me, because I need it. <laughs> thank you, Dave.
0: We'll pray that you'll experience. You know, we all have these challenges in our lives, and uh, that's why we need that abiding presence of Christ. <clears throat> Anyone else I have time for Aaron? I have time for one more?
6: I didn't know I was going to be the closer. Yeah, you're going to be get through this. Um, so one of the things that uh, that I think about is you come here to church on Sunday morning like we're doing right now, and normally you're hearing an eloquent message from Pastor Kim, uh, and and a darn good preacher too, by the way, and you and just get into it, and you hear it, and you think through it, and you think that was, and I, this is what I do most of the time, that was pretty amazing. And then the, the challenge with this abiding thing in the highway is, uh, you know, do that all week mm-hmm. until the next Sunday, and, and so I think that's the challenge that I, I had for for me, and really for, for many many years, and just reinforced by the abiding part is so how do we keep this, you know, on the highway as much as possible? And again, none of us bat a thousand, so we're in the ditch once in a while. But how do we send the highway? in the rest of our lives other than the, the hour or so we spend here Sunday morning. So naturally I think about uh, my marriage and my wife and, and that, that one actually seems pretty, pretty natural, pretty to work through that, and be biblical. But the other thing I think about is uh, on the job. So if you're not retired yet, uh, you probably have a job and you're doing that oftentimes 40 or more hours a week. And that that's where it can be really challenging because you get into the job and there's Things you have to accomplish and things that have to get done, and uh, most of us have a boss, and uh, some of us are a boss ourselves. And there's the you know the business wants to grow, and you know, profits are important. Uh, not that it's all about money, but it's kind of like oxygen. Without oxygen, you can't live, and without profits, you can't be a company. So there's there's things that have to be managed through that. And one of the things that that I was really uh, working through and for for many many years, and again, I work for a heck Fan, uh, very ethical, highly ethical company. So we're not talking about anything illegal, but still within the the realm of el- of very legal stuff. There's lots of ways to not be Christian, <coughs> and uh, so I think that's the thing that that I also try to work with the probably the 50 55 hours a week that I put in at at work is how do I stay on the highway as many minutes a day as possible and, uh, and try to work through that. And, and if you do that, hopefully the people that are in the company wa- watching you, and I'm, an, I'm, a, I'm in a position where I'm watched. I'm, I'm president of a division, so I have five businesses below me. So I'm watched, uh, I think quite a bit, uh, is to, if, if, you, if somebody asked an employee in the company what they thought of me, hopefully they can say, if they don't know for sure, hey, he seems like a Christian. And, uh, and hopefully, you know, if they understood the concept of the highway holiness, they would say that. So, again, that's where the actions try to come through so that that's really the way you're living it, so you, you look like you are part of the body of Christ. And so that's really, for me, when mm-hmm. we went through this, again, it's re- reinforcing that whole perspective of living it throughout all your week so that, again, if, if the observers in your life were commenting to somebody, hopefully at least... Some of the time they'd be saying, "Yeah, I think mm-hmm. I think they're on that that highway." And again, hopefully they have some grace to understand when you get into a ditch uh, that you're human, but uh, but also just hopefully that mm-hmm. they see you reflecting uh, the hands, feet, mm-hmm. heart, and soul of Jesus. Mm-hmm. So,
0: thank you, Aaron. <coughs> it was Labor Day. We're talking about <coughs> the sacredness of work, and I want to. of the things that Aaron brought up is that, you know, each one of you has a sacred place. And this isn't just a sacred place. Uh, The place where you work is sacred. God designed work. God worked six days and then rested on the seventh. And so our work is very sacred. And that abiding presence of Christ is so important in that place. And if you remember, a number of uh, weeks ago, we talked about a word from an ancient writer wrote hundreds of years ago now. But John Owen had this little phrase called that every Christian has the daily responsibility to mortify his flesh. And uh, it can't be just Sunday to Sunday. It's got to be day to day. And so when I get up in the morning, if I don't take that time to put myself aside, because I can be very selfish. That that, that comes very natural for me. I I don't have to work at that. And every day, I think when Jesus said, every day you need to take up your cross, die daily, and follow me, I think that's what he was talking about. I think he was talking about submitting our lives to the, to the abiding presence of Christ in that day. And my goal has been through this whole series is that we wouldn't be living Sunday to Sunday, but we would be living day to day, and, and that's gonna take a decision on your part and a choice on your part to take that time and to take that focus to do that. And so as we conclude this morning, this series, here's the challenge that I want to give to you. And if you have that, you'll find a little sheet there. There's, there's a little spot there. And this is going to go very quickly. Because really what's important is not what I say to you. It's, it's what you do with this and what the Holy Spirit says to you. And so here's my challenge. I would challenge you to pray, and this comes right out of John 15. Uh, Here's what I challenge you to pray for. Okay, here's number one. You'll see it up on the wall. I'd like you to pray for his word in you. I'm going to invite you for the next month or two to at some time during the day, and I I would recommend it in the morning, pray, God, would your word be in me today? That's the first thing. Jesus said, if my words abide in you, so that's the first thing, that his words would be abiding in us. And you know, maybe it's just one word or one phrase, but you take something of God's word and put it in your mind and keep it there all day, you'll be amazed at how many times uh, life intersects with that word that God has given you. So number one, may his word be in you. Number two, may his love be in you. The first thought when you get up in the morning should be, should be this. I have a God who loves me more than I can imagine, because that's what the Bible says. Now, him was able to do more than we could ever ask or think or even imagine. I'm quoting now. That's the kind of God that you have. He has more in store for you than you could ever dream of. His love is, is so deep for you, and if you're in Christ, there's no condemnation in him. So, Every day, you should start the day with the sense of the depth of God's love and be praying as Paul prayed that the eyes of our heart would be open so we might be filled up to the fullness of God. How? By knowing how wide and long and high and deep is the love of God. So pray. I mean, ask God for this. Don't try and conjure it up. Ask God, would you give me just that sense of your love today? Here's number three. His will in you. Okay? Jesus said, you know, those who remain in me are those who obey me. Uh, Bob mentioned that when he was talking. It's through obedience that we remain in him. If you're not being obedient, then you're not remaining him. You're parting ways with him. And, of course, he's going to feel a long ways away. And so every day it's to pray, God, whatever your will is in heaven, so may it be done in my life today on earth and that that means every person you meet every decision you make everything that takes place in your day begin to pray that God's will would be revealed to you as you live out your day and and here's the fourth one that his joy would be in you and this is somewhat of a resulting in, in the John 15 passage Jesus said you know if my word is in you and my love is in you and my will is in you guess what you're going to find this joy in you that's really hard to explain. It's beyond happiness. It's a joy, just this depth of something in you. And I would, Jesus said, I pray that my joy may be in you. He didn't say, I pray that you would figure out how to become joyful. He said, I pray that my own joy would be in you. So ask God. Say, God, would you put your joy in me today? And so I'm going to invite you to ask for these things. And it's interesting that in the the middle of that context, on more than one occasion, he says, and whatever you ask for in my name, according to my will, I will do. Well, you know this is God's will. So ask him on a daily basis and, and watch and wait and see how God answers this prayer in your life. I think for many of you, you will... I really believe that many of you will experience a profound difference in in what God begins to pour into your life if you'll open your life up to what God wants to do. Let's pray. Uh, As I pray, our worship team is going to come up. We're going to sing a couple songs and then move into our communion. Father, we thank you today for this series. And Lord, you know my heart. Lord, my heart is not just to be up here and preach messages. And Lord, my heart is that people in this body would experience your abiding presence and and your love and your will and your word and your joy in their lives. And so, Father, we thank you for this passage from John 15 and all that you want to teach us, and And I would just pray that in the days ahead that this would be a lesson that stays with us and that we would experience your abiding presence on a, on a level that gives us power to experience All of these things beyond what we could ever do in and of ourselves. And so, Father, we just pray to this end. Pray that your spirit would continue to teach us what this means as we open ourselves up to it. And just pray this in Christ's name. Amen.